What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Living Electric. We're here with a special guest, Jack Leonard Burt. Uh, recently blew up on TikTok, so we thought we'd have him on the podcast and hopefully steal some of his fame there um, so people come <laughs> listen to the podcast. Um, but first met Jack a few years ago because he bought a Tesla around the same time I did, so we met up and chatted for a little bit. He's been doing social media for a while as well. So, uh, Jack, thanks for being on and uh, interested to hear your story here. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So, do you want to give kind of a, a a brief summary of of your life so far and how you've you've led to uh, where you're at now? Yeah. Uh, so, let's see. I I grew up in Ohio and then I moved out west to uh, Colorado for about the last seven 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 uh, seven previous years, and then. Um, I, I always come back to Ohio, so I, I was able to get uh, the, the Tesla with uh, being able to do Lyft and DoorDash. So saved up enough money uh, to get the Tesla for, um, it, it's a standard range uh, plus. And then uh, I moved out to Colorado uh, by myself, which is me and my cat. And yeah, and, and then uh, I saved up also enough money to uh, buy a tiny house. And then I uh, recently I uh, started living that uh, about eight months ago. So, awesome. And what was the main main motivation to to live in a tiny house? Because I think that's a it's obviously yeah. a big change from, uh, <laughs> from what most people are used to. What was what was the yeah. motivation there? Uh, so I, I lived in I, I lived in a regular house uh, growing up all my life with just my parents, and then I moved out to out west where I was living in. Um, a just like a regular apartment um rent was you know almost eleven hundred dollars a month and um i guess ultimately just like escaping like the rat race of life so it's more of just uh saving uh money and living below your means so that that was the whole purpose of living tiny and uh and eventually moving uh fully off the grid so that way i can be self-sustainable that's awesome so Jack, I want to know just because you mentioned your your cat. What's your cat's name? <laughs> Phoenix. My cat's Phoenix. Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So, Thank you. so you and Phoenix have really like traveled across the country. Then in your Tesla, like, how was that experience yes. with like using the supercharger network and traveling with your pet? Uh, so I've went almost coast to coast three times so far. I've went to Utah with it, um, and that like southern Utah, which is um, like pretty much no man's land. And, um, and and then all across uh, the U.S., so like Kansas, Missouri, uh, Nebraska, everywhere. Um, I have no difficulty whatsoever uh, with the Standard Range Plus. It's more of um, stopping every hour and a half. But um, yeah, I have like I have no no problem doing that. It, uh, it, it's if anything, it's cheaper. <laughs> and, and it's, a, it's yeah. a chill it's a chill it's a very ch- uh, chill drive like uh I, as you guys probably know it's it's more of a uh on autopilot the entire time so. yeah yeah that does make driving a lot easier <laughs> yeah but yeah. it's probably one of the best road trips i've i've had uh even when I, at, at first i was like super nervous um going down through southern utah just because like when i first got it um, I went to Zion arches and everything with it. So, um, yeah, yeah, 
I was just, I was more nervous of like uh, running out of uh, obviously charge, uh, but I had no problem. Yeah, that's good to hear. <laughs> um, and now you, so you live in the tiny house. Mm-hmm. You're, you're grid connected right now, correct? Yeah, correct. Okay. So you charge your Tesla off the tiny house, mm-hmm. which is a pretty cool setup. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're looking to get into solar eventually, right? And go completely off grid. Yep. So what's, exactly. what's that process looking like right now? Uh, yeah, so I'm on regular electric, uh, hauled in, uh, we got a telephone pole, uh, um, and then trenched it out, uh, trenched out, uh, some, uh, electric out here. So I'm on a, um, I'm on a 50 amp breaker. So a 240 plug, um, it usually takes anywhere from four, four, like if I'm on a very, very low charge, it takes about four hours to charge. Um, so that's what the current situation is. Uh, when I go solar, uh, at first, it, it'll be just the tiny house. So it'll be just the tiny house at first, uh, and then we'll see how much. because uh, So that way, the, the Tesla will be on the grid. So that way, I'm um, seeing how much I'm only using on, on the Tesla itself. And then, and then we'll, uh, we'll create a solar system and probably a solar array. array uh, to power, uh, the Tesla. Sorry. I, I'm, I'm, I had a, I had a question, but I drew a blank. Um, so with, yeah, <laughs> it's still pretty early here. Um, so no, you're fine. So Jack, you know, personally, I've always been really interested in tiny homes. Like whenever I get a chance to like, mm-hmm. um, either, you know, pre COVID when all like the uh, county fairs would happen, some of the uh, manufacturers would around us would yeah. bring tiny homes for people to check out. Can you kind mm-hmm. of go into the process of like how you chose to go into a tiny house and like what it was like picking things to make it fit your life? Yeah. So um, specifically, my tiny house took about three years of research and then six months of design and then and then three only three weeks to build this thing. So wow. Um, wow. I guess I guess the process was yeah it, it was like su- it was like super super fast uh, <laughs> once they did get it started but um, I guess the, I guess the process for me was at, at the very beginning m- more of like what do I do first because I didn't want to live in a um, a tiny house at first I wanted to live in a shipping container uh, mm-hmm. so you build these shipping containers and then uh, you can add on to them as much as you can, um, you know, second four high as big as you want. Um, and then I real, and, and then I looked at that, the, with the land and everything, uh, it was more of a way, it was just way over my budget. It was, uh, almost around like a hundred, hundred K, uh, with land and, uh, doing like a construction loan. So, wow. and is that because they have to build the shipping container, like on site, it can't mm-hmm. be on wheels, like a yep. tiny house. Is that kind of the main, yeah. main difference? Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. And, um, yeah. And, and there's nobody, I mean, there in Colorado there, when I was living in there, there was people that were making, uh, shipping containers, but that was just their pricing. Like the price for a shipping container build, like a, a 20 foot shipping container was like 60 K. Wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. The- that's always something like we we've looked into that personally, like trying to do like a shipping mm-hmm. container home because everything you see online is so, you know, like just beautiful, like all the modern designs yeah. and everything you can do with it. And 
it was so hard to figure out the exact pricing of what you're looking at because every yes. website's like $5,000 and there's $50,000 and it's like, mm-hmm. where, what's the most accurate pricing here? So it's, it's interesting to hear that. Yeah. Like, um, for, so that was like the first, um, that was the first idea of mine. And I realized that it was out of the budget and, um, Ultimately, the more I looked into these alternative lifestyles, I wanted to be fully mobile. Um, my job's already mobile. I'm doing Lyft and DoorDash. And um, obviously, Tesla's mobile, it's, uh, <laughs> it's electric. And I wanted everything to be uh, electric. So mobile and then also electric. And uh, with its shipping container, it's you're kind of gridlocked, mm-hmm. like wherever you are. So um, with that said, I was just like, okay, let's look at van life, maybe. Uh, like literally living in uh, like one of those camper vans, a, a nice one. Um, I realized there's too much too much problems with, uh, with, I wouldn't say too much problems with van life, but you have a lot of, you, now you have to uh, look at like the motors and then like, uh, and, and then also mm-hmm. just uh, maintenance itself. You got a, you got a motor now instead of uh, also a house. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then um, the tiny house was uh, then it, then it looked at and, and also the, the van life situation. It's it's uh, it's very expensive. Um, if you get a brand new Sprinter, um, that's 50, 60,000. And then not including, uh, you know, converting it into a, into I mean, these things can get almost to 100K. Yeah. I've done some research on that too. And I think the Winnebago mm-hmm. is like the Mercedes Winnebago, like camper oh, yes. van is like 200, <laughs> almost $200,000. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's crazy. You know, like if, if it fits your life, then you go for it. But at, at that cost, I, I, I agree with you, like build the tiny home. And then it, if it has yep. wheels, take it with you, you know, and that way you still yep. have a bigger space and re- essentially a place to call home, you know? Hey, yeah, exactly. And, and then, so I looked into that and I was just like, well, what am I going to do with my Tesla if I have a van? Yeah. Like I can't, I can't, uh, strap it to the roof. I don't think, <laughs> Gets no, yeah, I can't, I, I can't put, I can't put it on a, uh, like a trailer essentially. So I was like, uh, and this is weird. I'm like driving a gas vehicle and I'm about electric. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I didn't want to do that. So the next option was looking at tiny houses and I think I scoured a website, uh, like every single day for um, three years, finally found a builder um, and I connected with them. Uh, and and then it was more of like, do I buy the tiny house first or do I buy land first or what do I do? So that was the difficult, that was like the next big difficult situation. And nobody online is really talking about like how to, like how to begin. Uh doing doing this stuff so it was all just kind of like i had to do it on my own talk to people everything like that um and and then so i i got a builder and then i i i still went back from like do i buy land or um do i buy this tiny house or um what what i do and i i realized that I don't really need land because if I'm in a tiny house, it's on wheels and they're like, they're RV certified. So if anything, mm. get the tiny house first and then I could be in, uh, cause initially I was about to, uh, live in a tiny house community. They're all over the country. And, um, 
they're like-minded people. You can even be in an RV park. So I was like, okay, I already have land essentially. So I was like, okay, we'll just, we'll just do that. So uh, I uh, linked up with the builder. It was a nonprofit from Colorado and uh, it took, uh, it took about six months of design. And then um, like I said, three, three weeks to three weeks to build it. And then uh, they moved it uh, wherever I needed to, uh, to go for free. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. They, they, yeah, they, they deliver it, uh, everywhere in the country. They've delivered to like Alaska and everywhere in between. Wow. Wow. That's, that's great. And I, I'm very lucky to have, uh, the tiny house for what the price is. It's like a lot of people are <laughs> very mind blown about how, how I got it. But, uh, so I got my tiny house for $22,000 and that's, I did not build it. Uh, this is fully custom made by a company. And uh, the reason that is, is because I signed the, I signed the initial agreement before the lumber prices shot up. Okay. Uh, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> so I, I love time to the tiny house market. No, I did. I really did. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was just like, wow, that couldn't be any more perfect. Cause um, I think the, the real price of this tiny house uh, is sitting around 45 K. You know, Jack, I'm, I'm happy you brought up that, uh, you know, that there's not a lot of communication or like conversation online about like what the process mm-hmm. is like, because that's exactly what we found. Like we've been looking at tiny homes for probably almost the same time span, like two to three years, just because we have an interest in it. And I can't tell you how hard it is to find information like can they yeah. can you know uh do i have to live on the west coast to get a tiny home can they ship it to mm-hmm. you know the midwest it's yep. just there's so many so much unknown out there so i'm exactly I'm happy to hear you brought that up and how you work through that but um do you have any advice but, for listeners who might yeah. be in that same position well i i seen that was a problem and i did everything on my own for three years it probably would have took me way sooner if there was somebody out there that was actually making that type of content. And that's ultimately why I started doing my TikTok. And I think that's why my TikToks uh, start blowing up. And he- here I am now. The, like nobody's talking about it. Um, nope. And I guess it's kind of a gray area because it's not like a traditional house. Um, it, yeah, it's not like a traditional house. So it's, um, it's very difficult. You have to deal with, if you get pieces of land, uh, you have to deal with uh, square foot minimums. You have to deal with um, zoning laws, and uh, ultimately, um, like obviously, no HOA or anything like that. Which um, is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then, and then, so zoning, no HOA, um, and then pretty much you you want a place where uh, that has no building uh, permit like required. That is like essentially. Uh, when you see, if you find land that way, you're probably going to be out in the middle of nowhere, like how I am. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so you're, you're going to want to look at a, um, a zoning called R1 zoning and that's for mobile homes. But so that, uh, essentially that's what the tiny house is considered, but then you have to factor in, you got to see if the County will allow, um, so mine's 240 square feet. Uh, if you had to factor in the, the 
square foot minimums of that county. Uh, and, and when I was out in Colorado, the square foot minimum was like 400 to 600 square feet. Okay. So yeah, very hard. Yeah. Very hard. And, um, but a way to get around that is literally just contact the county and, uh, ultimately you know if it's not like they just want something that is very well put together and not making their county not look like they don't want like something very um uh i don't know i don't know how to explain it just more of like i don't want like a haphazard shed just kind yes, of sitting there yeah. and calling it a building <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> and ultimately like it needs to be uh certified which this tiny house is and yeah but all the bells and whistles type of thing um it, it the tiny house market's so new that there's really no uh there's rule there's no i guess there is rules but there's no rules in a way it, it's more of um you have to go find out and talk to the county yourself gotcha. that's good advice yeah <laughs> take it into your own hands yeah <laughs> yeah like well well there's there's multiple ways to get i guess on some property which I found out just through my own research. Um, you, you know, you, you got RV parks all over the place. You got tiny house communities. Um, and then you got, um, let's just say your your parents have a lot of land. Um, if you, or a friend has a lot of land, uh, if you're on the very back of their property, um, it is now considered an ADU, which is an alternative dwelling unit. And you don't have to have any mm. type of permits or anything. Wow. Is that because there's usually another property yep. on that yep. land? So that's their like yep. primary residence or whatever. Exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. Okay. They they won't even see they won't even see it as anything. It's not a shed or nothing. Yeah, it's just like an RV parked on your yep. land. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. Interesting. Exactly. Yep. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Is there anything in the design process of, of kind of picking out specific pieces you wanted in your in your tiny house that either surprised you or maybe like was you were happy to see you were able to customize or, or adjust uh so the whole thing was fully customizable okay. um, they they gave me a, a layout and i asked them how how far can i tweak this to my needs and uh Let's see how customizable you guys can get. Let's see if, uh, and and then they were like, well, what do you, what do you mean? I was like, well, I have a Tesla. Uh, and they're like, oh, I was just like, and I would love to charge my Tesla on this tiny house. And they were like, I think we can do it, Jack. So nice. I was like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, the, the whole, the whole layout is fully customizable. Um, if you've seen tiny houses in general, um the so the the walkway that uh so this is a staircase if you go if you go up in the up in the staircase there is a thing called a walk walk through bedroom and uh ultimately usually the loft area is just straight up to the stairs and you have to crawl up into the loft area mm. well I, I have like a like a full-blown walk-in uh walk through area where um i've had friends come in here and they're well over six foot and they're just fine that's awesome. Nice. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh the whole the whole thing is like very strategically placed. Um like uh the firewood stove is right in the middle of the tiny house uh to um not have all the heat on one side type of thing. Um 
and then uh, the stove or the stove, the whole kitchen areas onto the left. Um, uh, I I didn't have a choice to do that, but it was more of the the customizable part was more of I want this whole tiny house to be fully electric, and that was mm-hmm. due to me knowing um, eventually one day I want to be fully off the grid and uh, solar. So, yeah, that that was the that was like the full. That that was like my main requirements, it, to be fully fully solar or fully electric, and then uh, have no other uh, bills like uh, like propane or gas or anything. Mm. Yeah, I'm glad you're going that route because I don't think a lot of people like when they when they think off grid, they might think of like electricity, but then you start kind of looking at all the individual pieces and not really realize like what actually goes into that. So I, I watched, I actually, I subscribed to your YouTube channel last night and I was watching your uh, intro video mm-hmm. and you talked about like collecting rainwater to eventually like filter to, to drink, to, you know, to shower oh, yes. with and, you know, utilizing that. What are some of the ways that you're working towards going off grid? Cause I, I think a lot of our listeners would probably be interested in that. Yeah. Uh, so like more of like my goals or just like how did yeah, so, it? So uh, either or. Of- like how you're working towards it. Okay. Um, yeah. So ultimately the first, um, the tiny house was already uh, coming with uh, a composting toilet. And for the people that don't know what a composting toilet is, it's not a regular toilet or an, an uh, incinerator toilet. So pretty much I'm, I'm creating my own compost. Uh, it gets separated from the liquids and solids. Um, the composting area. Uh, so uh it's um let's see it, it's pretty much just soil uh i create my own type of soil it's not just it's not dirt it's um i forget it was called uh, it, essentially it's uh, it's soil that like uh decomposes uh helps uh, uh decompose okay. anything and then and then also i use uh a mixture of um i use a mixture of uh cedar wood chips for the smell and I, I combine both of them, uh, and then you put that in, in the very back. And so that's what came with the tiny house. And uh, ultimately, instead of instead of um, having a, a regular toilet where you get um, you, a regular a regular sewage system, you'd have to create um, a, a sewage, like sewage pipelines and everything, and that could get anywhere from. 15, like 10 to 15 thousands upwards to even more to, to build that. And then, so that was the, that was the first step of like trying to limit absolutely everything uh, to the point where um, it's just, I guess it's just like the, the, the necessities Mm -hmm. in in life. Like, do do I really need a, um, a running toilet? Maybe not. I, I mean, maybe I, I can, uh, I'm sure we have always used like an outhouse before yeah. or something like that. Yeah. You know? I, yeah, I just I want to circle back. You said an incinerator toilet. Like I just pictured like a flamethrower mm-hmm. mixed with like a bidet. I'm assuming that's not how it is. <laughs> what, what what is that? Uh, I've never heard of that. Uh, well, essentially that's oh, kind of what it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I don't I don't know the 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 um the whole uh, I guess mm-hmm. details about it just because. Uh, I, I never got into it. <laughs> Sounds, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. 
Yeah, right. Yeah. I think that's an invention that shouldn't exist. I, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm going to dig into that because now I'm curious to know what that is. <laughs> but that, that's a that's an alternative uh, to composting. You could have incinerator toilets. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Uh, or compo like mine's a nature heads composting toilet. So okay. Um, yeah, they that that was the first I guess uh, first thing that I, w- I was wanting to get into. And I was just like, okay, let's, uh, let's try that out. I mean, um, I have a place that I created, uh, my own compost out of like four, uh, yeah, four pallets. Um, and all I do is, uh, dump the compost in there. And then, uh, once I have enough, uh, it's all, uh, you know, biodegradable, everything's like, it just turns into soils essentially. So, mm. uh, later down the road, I'm going to create, um, uh, like flower beds cool. uh you, you don't utilize this stuff for your food mm-hmm. for obvious reasons but yeah um just flowers flowers make stuff look pretty around the, the house um yeah so that was like the first um that was the first that was the first thing that i i uh wanted in a tiny house or was uh, was about to try to go off grid that came with the tiny house and then Let's see. Uh, for heat, obviously, I got a, a, a firewood stove. Uh, the firewood stove, uh, um, you know, when if uh, electric ever goes out, which, you know, it might in a couple of days from where we are right now, <laughs> um, I will still have uh, I'll still have heat. So that was another um, d- different thing. I've never had a firewood stove. I've, I've grown up with a firewood stove, but I never did anything. I never hacked wood hacked wood ever in my life so i was like this all seems very very fun and um like way cheaper so instead of paying a 150 to uh 200 plus dollar electric bill because of um you know you're running your heat all the time um mine is way cheaper due to me just running a firewood stove so i was trying like i looked at everything possible to eliminate all the expenses um and and see how uh see how cheaply i guess somebody could live and also still um like i'm not like uh, like i have tech tech i have a computer stuff like that uh so i guess that's like the new age uh off-grid living (laughs) yeah yeah you're not completely disconnected yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's awesome um it so that, that, that'd be like the second part. And then, um, so next summer I'm, uh, well, yeah, well, it'd be this coming summer. Um, once it gets a little bit warmer, I will start to do, um, uh, rain catching systems. So right now I haul in my own water. I have a 30 gallon water tank, uh, underneath my sink and I haul in my own water what, by, uh, two five gallon, uh, jugs. So, um, if you've ever seen like race yeah. fuel jugs, yeah. um, yeah. And they have like a pipe and everything or like a hose. Um, I, uh, so there, I cut out a hole in the 30 gallon water tank right inside. And, um, that was due to at the, in, in the summer, I, I haul it in through the outside. There's a spigot outside and everything. And I'm able to do that, but it's getting colder here. So it froze up. So I had to. Uh, figure out something to keep, you know, 
get water and fill that 30 gallon water tank up. So I cut a hole in the 30 gallon water tank and uh, plugged her off, capped it off. And now I just, uh, I fill up the, uh, the water uh, through uh, like city water. I have um, uh, like, there's probably, there's probably a lot of places where you can get free water, uh, like city water, you can just fill up. Um, I know where I live, it's like hundred percent free. So wow. everybody does it in, in my, uh, I, I, do you guys have uh, places like that or not that I know of? <laughs> <laughs> Not that I know of, because we're, we're, I mean, we're, uh, we're on grid here, so we got yeah. <laughs> okay. water coming in. I haven't even looked into it, honestly, to see if that's, that's a Same. possibility. And I know oh, our wow. utilities up here want, you know, money. <laughs> so, so I'm sure they, <laughs> they nip that in the butt. Well, but I, I, I do know there are some springs around here. I was actually talking to a barista mm-hmm. at one of our local cafes, and she was telling us that you can go to some of these like, um, springs and fill up your water for free. And I guess there's like a Google maps for that. So um, I haven't checked it out yet, but I thought that would be pretty cool to look into. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe I, maybe it's cause like I've lived here all my life and I just kind of knew that, but I, <laughs> I, I found one in Colorado too. I mean, wow. I feel like they're everywhere, but I don't know, maybe not in the big cities. I, I think, uh, <laughs> you know, my, the population I live in now is like less than a thousand. Wow. Mm. So, um, it's like super local type of thing. Um, yeah, maybe not in the big cities because they probably don't want people yeah. to know about it or something. <laughs> it's the best kept secret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. Um, I guess that's, yeah, I, I never really thought about it. It's just so normal to yeah. me. Huh. <laughs> um, I mean, even though I was living in, uh, Dem- Denver for eight years, it was just, uh, I don't know. I, I grew up out in the middle of the country, so I always, uh, kind of, uh, research that stuff or huh. know about it that's really interesting um yeah so that was one that's a that's another thing i i get yeah i get free water so um and and, and then all ultimately for the rain catching system instead of uh, it's not that hard of work to haul in the water it's just time consuming mm-hmm. i gotta run back and forth run back and forth uh make maybe takes half hour uh, to fill up 30 gallons but that mm. 30 gallons last about a week okay. and a half for me okay and then um, with the rain catching system, uh, uh, next year I'm um, I'm planning on buying either a 300 or 500 gallon um, above ground water tank. Okay. So it's a big, just a, imagine like a silo looking thing, <laughs> uh, and it, it's it's black uh, for, and it, uh, it has to be black so that way it doesn't uh, collect algae. Um, okay. Yeah. It's, it's more of a, um, if it's see-through or anything, you, uh, you know, you got the solar rays and everything that's going to be, um, yeah, ultimately uh, making the, making the water have algae in it and and very toxic, but you also have to treat this water. Mm. And that's some, that's something that I still have to do a little bit more research on. Um, you can't, you can't just, uh, collect rainwater, like, I'm not going to be drinking this water, but, you know, I'll probably, uh, obviously I'm taking showers with it, uh, washing my dishes and then, you know, maybe, uh, clean my toothbrush with it. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> well, um, I, ha- I have to make it. Yeah. I have to do my research on, uh, uh, cl- cleaning it before it gets, 
uh, goes out of my mm -hmm. faucets. Um, but from what I've seen, it's uh, not too difficult. Uh, I can talk more about, uh, if you guys want, the, the gray water system, because that's very unique. Uh, yeah, sure. Go for it. Yeah. So the, the gray water system, uh, usually when you think of gray water, um, you think of flush on a toilet and then you have it in a, uh, you have it in a, uh, like a switch system. So you, you mm -hmm. have to buy all that. Well, um, due to me not having a regular toilet, I don't really have gray water. The only, I guess, quote unquote <laughs> gray water that I have is, um, you know, my sink water, uh, bath, bath water. I have a washer and dryer in here and then shower. So, mm -hmm. Uh, ultimately what I did is, uh, have you guys ever heard of a thing called a French drain? Uh, yeah. Yeah. We actually almost installed one okay. in our backyard. Yeah. Yep. That's all. That's what I did. I, and for the people that don't know what a French drain is, it's just, uh, I dug a six foot trench, four foot deep. Uh, and then I covered, I, I cover, I covered the bottom layer with uh, rock and then, um, you hook wherever your gray water piping is you hook uh you hook hook that up through pvc and then you stab uh, little holes throughout the entire pvc running all the way down and then uh from there you put another layer or you wrap it around with cloth uh so that way uh, it doesn't damage the pvc pipe and then you and then you put uh a, another layer of rock on it and then dirt and there you go you have a budget sewage sewage system for less than you know honestly less than like a hundred two hundred dollars and when you mentioned wow. fifteen thousand before you know or around that average mm -hmm. obviously you're saving money there yep <laughs> oh yeah big time yeah i was just like let's try to let's try to do everything this way to the point of uh yeah it's just a it's a different lifestyle it, it, uh it's just it's so it's so cheap but it's like I, I'm, I always think like, wow, we've, we've really, uh, we've really coped with just paying for convenience in a way. Yeah, you're very right. So last question, and then yep. we'll, we'll let you like plug all your socials and stuff. Um, Perfect. what's been the biggest adjustment going to a tiny house coming from what you're used to either in an apartment or, or growing up in a mm -hmm. normal home? So biggest adjustment is probably honestly living with just the essentials this mm. this tiny house is 100 percent essential living like uh what do you need to survive or live off or just live in general um i mean i have things i have the, you know i have a computer a desktop everything like that but um yeah it's like when i was in colorado i had a one-bedroom apartment i sold so much stuff um and then when it time actually happened to where I was moving, I ended up selling an entire one bedroom apartment, one hundred percent. Wow. <laughs> yep. Uh, so if you don't if you don't like uh, giving away your things, um, it's going to be a little bit difficult. Um, and then ultimately, yeah, it, it's more of a n understanding how to. Um, I guess live this lifestyle if you've never have. I've never have. I, I grew up in the country, but I never lived this type of lifestyle. Everything yeah. that I, everything that I did, 
um, is just uh, I, I did my research, but it was also a little yeah. winging it. Winging it. <laughs> that's what you got to do sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. Hundred yeah, percent. It's real interesting you say that because that's something I think a lot of us struggle with is like uh, kind of the lifestyle creep that comes with with a normal lifestyle. Like we're looking at houses right now, and I know like mm-hmm. if we get a house that's bigger than our apartment right now, we're gonna move in, and then it's gonna look empty. So we're gonna have to fill mm-hmm. it with a bunch of stuff, yep. <laughs> just buy yeah. more stuff. So it's it's kind of hard to to really take that step back and say, do we really need all this, or is it just like, mm-hmm. or are we just trying to like fill stuff up? Yeah. Yeah, I was even doing that stuff when uh, I was in an apartment. Mm-hmm. I, it was just me. So I was just, I, I've always looked at like just stuff that I didn't need. Um, I do like when I was about to move tiny, I remember, I don't know if you know, if you ever heard anything about this, but I was like, uh, I made sure to like be aware of like the things that I utilize mm-hmm. daily. Mm. Everything else went in the trash or sold. That's a good way to look at it. <laughs> it's it. Yeah, very. It's a very minimalist lifestyle. I'll yeah, say that. Yeah, yeah. It, it's actually funny, yeah. Alex. You mentioned like you know house shopping. We're actually going to be moving in a in a year, uh, probably to the West Coast in Washington State, and we're already planning on like what we should get rid of and what we should keep, and we're keeping the you know the essentials. Um, anything else that we don't utilize daily, we're selling. We're not hauling with you know bringing it across the country with us. So it's. Um, we've been living in our house for about five years and it's amazing how much stuff you just collect over time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe think of it this way. You, um, now you have a lot of stuff that you could potentially sell yeah. and have money. Yes. Over. Yes. And, that's, and, that, that's what I did. And I know who to reach I out just to like, for a tiny house advice because that, yeah. that could be an option <laughs> for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that's what, uh, that's what I'm doing over on my TikTok. Um, that the people that ultimately built my that built my tiny house uh we're we're partnering now so uh we're oh, doing nice. the whole whole thing to teach that's my ultimate goal is to help people uh be able to um like afford their first house i mean i think we all know like the housing market is like insane yeah <laughs> and i i guess that goes back to another reason of why um why did I move tiny? It was more of, I did not like, I have a Tesla car payment and it's pretty steep. Um, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but it's more of like, I couldn't, I couldn't see myself, uh, like I'm 28 years old. And if I had a 30 year mortgage, yeah, I mean, I'd be so old before the time I pay that off and unless I'm doing double payments or whatever like that. And because my job is DoorDash, I'm not, I'm not making a lot of money. I'm just, I mean, I'm making enough to save up a little bit and be comfortable, but uh, I'm able to attain that because of the lifestyle that I live. So that's awesome. nice. Yeah. <laughs> cool. That's a good way to end it. So where can people find you if they want to learn, learn more about tiny houses right now? Yeah. Uh, my main right now is uh TikTok. It's Jack Leonard Burt. That's J A C K L E O N A R D. And then B I R T. So that's all my socials, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. There it is. Just search for Jack. Yes. <laughs> yep. 100%. Awesome. Cool. Really appreciate having you on. Um, yeah. Brandon, anything else? Oh, I actually, I had one final question, and I'm sorry to ask. <laughs> yeah. um, but at the end of all of our episodes, I always try to ask our guests, how are you either helping other people live the electric life, or how are you helping yourself live the electric life? 
Let's see. Um, well, I, I guess through, I guess through my videos, people are very curious. Um, although there are a lot of Tesla haters out there uh, <laughs> through the vi the videos that I'm sure I had no idea that that honestly existed. That's crazy. Until I started posting about it, mm -hmm. um, it it's more of like it was more of showcasing. Hey, I do a job. Uh, that anybody can attain, which is DoorDash. Anybody, you don't have to have a degree or anything. And I was able to afford this Tesla. So, and then all, also my tiny house is fully electric. Um, and me showcasing uh, that through the videos in this entire lifestyle, uh, I think is inspiring people to uh, might look electric and also seeking alternative lifestyles. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. That was a good answer. <laughs> I always love to hear people's Appreciate perspectives it. of, you know, how they're, how they're, yeah. you know, improving their life by going electric. So that's great. More of being able to save. Uh, that's my biggest thing. Save money and then also save money. And then that way you're not living paycheck to paycheck. Um, so the Tesla works great for me because, um, it, I drive for a living and uh, it kind of pays for itself. Uh, obviously I'm able to afford the Tesla and everything. And, um, and, and then, and then, the, and then the, the tiny house is just very low maintenance, very low maintenance. Uh, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> cool. Thank you. All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in for that episode with Jack. Super interesting episode. Uh, before we wrap up and send you on your way, uh, we did get some listener mail we wanted to touch on. So Raymond B. from Minneapolis emailed us and also left a comment on our YouTube channel. And he asked, I knew cars have different charge DC peak, ID4 125kW, Kona EV 75kW. But my question is, what governs these charge limits? Is it all down to vehicle architecture or battery types or et cetera? Enjoyed the podcast. So thanks, Raymond, for reaching out. Um, so what's our response here, Brandon? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so obviously there's a lot of factors that play into this, but the main part is battery architecture as well as software and hardware limitations that engineers design within the battery pack. Um, with uh, DC fast charging, it produces a lot of heat. So one of the main factors is thermal management control. Uh, engineers really want to make sure that battery packs are degrading quickly. So they do set some uh, thresholds as well as limitations within the battery pack to keep that kilowatt rate um, at a typical or a normal standard to keep yeah. the battery healthy. Yeah, current is like the biggest issue here. So like obviously you're limited by the battery pack voltage, but then the amperage is what they need to like figure out in terms of is there cooling available on the vehicle that means you're probably going to be able to handle higher current uh what type of batteries do you have in there some batteries just handle higher currents a lot better and can handle those higher charge rates and and like you said the uh the software limitation might be on there as well so they might have done some initial testing and software limited it because they know like, Hey, the car can only handle this much before the batteries start getting like degraded a lot quicker and start having a lot more issues. So, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, you kind of hit the, you definitely touched on, on your email. So, um, yeah, that's, that's about it. 
<laughs> and thanks, Raymond, for uh, supporting us too, and, and definitely supporting Living Electric. We're excited to answer your question. And uh, if you have any other questions, please let us know. Yeah, definitely. We're on. Uh, you can email us living at it's livingelectricpodcast at gmail dot com, yeah. and uh, or just reach out to us on social media. Just search Living Electric Podcast. We're we're everywhere. So uh, <laughs> that's all. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you on the on the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for t- <laughs> thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. <laughs>